0: Get your thumb there, or something? Yeah, I guess my fingers don't work. All right, so hello and welcome back from the holidays. Yeah,
1: finally. Thanks for waiting for us for so long. This we get, took a but took out turn holidays took a bit more time than we thought they were going to. Yeah,
0: well, it was just like with the you know holidays on a Friday and then the weekends and then some people being gone. It was it was just a lot for us to schedule around so we are super thankful that you guys are sticking around and are here for the second part of our episode
1: plus we finally have a second microphone so hopefully the sound quality will be better we're we're still tweaking it because we are not um, sound designers in the slightest we're more history nuts we're just kind of making the sound part of this work so we're going to be figuring this out as we go very slowly, very slowly but surely. Yeah, we don't understand any of this. Apparently, we don't really know how Audacity works. All right, so,
0: Jackson, what were we talking about before the holiday?
1: We were talking about the Battle of Trebia, and we got a bit overzealous with our research, so we did everything leading up to the battle, but never actually got to the battle itself. So, now you get the battle.
0: So, Jackson, you want to start us off?
1: Sure. Uh, We would join our sorry legionaries right after they had forded the icy Trevia to chase the Carthaginians back, the Carthaginian cavalry. Um, Everyone seems to talk about how the river wasn't really a true river, seeing as it was only a mere five feet deep and not very uh, wide. But I feel like wading through a five foot river is that's a deep river, seeing as most rivers that pass for rivers out here, Or like sometimes maybe only a couple feet deep or a foot deep.
0: Yeah, but you also have to think that five feet, you're loaded with steel armor and you're walking into it in the middle of winter. Yeah. So, so, I mean, personally, you couldn't get me into a river in the middle of winter out
1: here in Montana. You couldn't get me into five inches of water in the freezing snow, much just (laughs) five feet. I also like to point out what was like the average height of people back then.
0: Oh, oh! I actually heard this in a book I read the other day, uh, or not read, um, *Hannibal* by jeez, uh, who's the author? Um, Patrick Hunt. Uh, he was saying that the average height of a Roman back then was only five foot eight.
1: Yeah, so that that like, gives you just a few inches to keep your head above the water and not <laughs> is, get washed it away. It is literally keeping your head above the water. Yeah, because like, what? I'm five ten. You're five ten inch- I'm five eight. I'm 5'8". eight. Yeah. See. <laughs> So you'd be like, yeah, what, just ford through a five foot deep river. No, no, I'd be swimming through it. Yeah, like we, yeah, we definitely be swimming. <laughs> um, that, like you mentioned, that it's winter and it's cold. They make a big deal out of this valley being very cold and like windy, and I think probably it's snowing too, isn't it? Oh, it was. Uh, it was raining before the battle. Okay, so it's cold, and you know, like, even if it was only like forty degrees, you're free, you're freezing when you get out of that water. Um, and
0: the the. Uh... They talked about norm, norm, uh, numerous stories of uh, hypothermia happening, and it was actually part of Hannibal's larger plan. Uh, Hannibal wanted the Romans to cross the river, uh, and that's why he lured, lured them out with uh, his Numidian cavalry. Because um, he knew uh, Sempronius Longus, the consul for that day, he was a uh, hot-headed, haughty, eager Roman consul looking for you know glory on the battlefield. Um <clears throat>
1: I'd wondered and, about that because I always thought there'd be a lot more issues with like being incredibly cold after you just ford through that kind of river. But
0: yeah, but Hannibal had an ingenious way to like keep his troops warm during this whole like snowy, uh, sleeting battle. He actually had all of his men smother themselves in like grease, oil, and animal fat, and it helps insulate you so you can keep your heat in. That's and, a really interesting
1: way to do that. Yeah, I and I never even did
0: considered it, that. They even did it to the horses, and and I was just thinking about it. Imagine the poor horse that's just like getting smothered in animal fat, and the horse is just like or just other other
1: horse fat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just like, hey, this really smells like Jake from the stable down the way. Like that's strange. Like that's just coincidence. It's got to be. That's an interesting way to go about that. I wouldn't. I've never considered that. Just putting fat on his
0: His men didn't move at all. Uh, He just had them march into formation just enough and keep them moving just enough to keep them warm but meanwhile the romans who are fording this river coming out sopping wet while it's starting to snow and sleep and then they have to walk a couple miles to get up to the hill that hannibal's at i mean the romans
1: are already at a disadvantage because they're gonna be
0: tired
1: and you
0: know hypothermic at this point
1: that's a, yeah that's so that's, a, that's not a great way to start an army even if apparently like the romans did outnumber the carthaginians but that's a really big hit to any kind of a, yeah and, like and, advantage you had
0: and we mentioned it on the previous episode that hannibal had lured them out before they even got to eat breakfast yeah which i mean that's a huge demoralizing factor cuz now you're coming up against a fresh carthaginian army who's warm who's eaten who isn't exhausted and they're waiting for you to come to them.
1: Yeah, yeah, who, who was expecting this to happen? And you were just kind of, like they say, just rolled out of bed and ran across the river to chase him down. So, where are we? All right, so anyway, they get, the Romans get across the far side of the river and find, like we just said, the Carthaginians already had formed up warm and waiting for him. So, and Hannibal had known about Sempernius Longus, wanting to be, you know, getting into battle as fast as possible. So he, he began, uh, Longus began marching the freezing Romans towards their opponents as the Carthaginians started to harass them with skirmishers.
0: And uh, not to glance over this part, but the other thing Hannibal had planned on was the Roman javelin men and their spearmen using up all their throwing spears. And uh, that way, when the Romans got to the Carthaginian line... They were pretty much
1: out of ammo by that point, right? And because a big thing about Roman Roman fighting was they you know, they get up to someone a uh, hostile army and throw all their javelins and spears at them to yep. do a lot to break up their formation.
0: Yep, and and the Roman javelins were also designed in that way where they would hit into the shield, but they had like a bronze uh, tip to it so it would bend. Mm-hmm. So, but you couldn't throw the javelin back, right? Um, and it would weigh down the shields of the enemy, but the romans are coming up against this carthaginian they army throw in all,
1: they throw all they all those skirmishers and there's nothing nothing left to throw yeah so
0: that's that's also like another tiny little detail that hannibal like had the foresight to um think of before before coming into battle with a superior numerically superior
1: force yeah cuz they like it becomes a common, it's a common thing of hannibal to be fighting um against superior numbers like he's always outnumbered pretty much every time he fights the romans well he's also in Italy. He's yeah. in Italy proper at this point. Yeah, you know, when you think about where he came from to have an army that's still doing stuff, like, he's a North African native guy who grew up in Spain and then marched from Spain to Italy to fight the Romans. It's, it's, it's kind of wild that he's got an army that can fight it all. Um, so, basically, the, after the Romans had used up all of their pilos and javelins and stuff throwing, uh, fighting off the Carthaginian uh, skirmishers, They then engaged the actually numerically numerically inferior Carthaginian main infantry, but but they were in a much weakened state, nothing to throw, they're frozen, they can barely walk, they don't really know what they're doing. So, the Roman, even with these disadvantages, the Romans managed to hold their own, and in their center, which consisted of native Roman legionaries, they managed to actually make headway, which I think actually speaks a lot to just the quality of Roman legionaries, where they had this much working against them and still kind of not lose right off the bat so Hannibal's uh uh,
0: battle formation was he had his elite uh Spanish infantry on the wings or on the flanks oh that's right he did and then he had the Gallic uh uh, Gallic mercenaries in the middle and the Romans knew how to fight the Gauls at this point
1: that's a good point yeah yeah so at this point but however as soon as the Romans do begin to make headway in the middle Hannibal gives the word for his brother Mago to lead the 2,000 men he'd hidden on the roman flank to attack and basically kind of like a small gully with some bushes and whatnot and they couldn't see them so uh, after the romans get or they once this uh ambush is sprung it's kind of the turning point because being flanked in ancient warfare is really nasty it just does everything is about directional fighting and in that
0: book that i listened to uh hannibal um they were saying that the 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 front, the, the Roman formation, the front of it, that's all the cream of the crop. Those are like your 22 to like 30-year-old guys in the prime of their day. The rear, the rear guard of these Roman formations, those are your, you know, those are your kids that might be too young and they don't have any experience. Or on the opposite end of the spectrum, those are the really old fucks who... You know they've seen some battles, but they're mainly just farmers dressed up in a military uniform. And you're getting thrown at this elite force, and now you're fighting a rearguard action while the people in front of you are also fighting. You have nowhere to go at this point. You're sandwiched between
1: these forces. Oh yeah. <laughs> Most have seen too many winters. Most <laughs> <are> too few. <laughs> but sorry, good. Um, there was a. This was a turn point because the heavily engaged Roman allies on the flanks were caught unawares by Magos' flanking attack. And they're not the cream of the Roman crowd. Their Roman allies are just, they're good, but they're not as good as, say, Roman legionaries in the center. Yeah, these are
0: just uh, tributes from uh, tributes, hostages, from uh, neighboring.
1: Well, they stop by a town on the way to go fight the Carthaginians. and say, hey, you're, uh, you're under Roman control. Cough off the people. We need to go fight these people. Tributes. Is, yeah, tributes. So they basically break and decide to run back across the river because they don't see this uh, ending properly, or they're all just terrified, which is fair.
0: So, the rest of the consular army uh, followed in flight to save the Roman center. Uh, they either didn't notice the ambush, or they knew that hope was was gone. So, they just kept marching forward. The Roman center just kept going.
1: Mm-hmm. They were winning, and they... Well, yeah, if they tried to turn fight their way back through the same army again, that wasn't going to...
0: They would have also had to have turned around, fight those people in the rear... Walk down that hill for the river yeah. just to get back to camp but they decided it wasn't or Sempronius Longus decided it wasn't worth it to do that because his men wouldn't have made well, it
1: Well, he wasn't there I think they I feel like yeah, no,
0: Sympronius Longus was there but
1: I mean, he went back across the river though
0: he didn't make no it two I'm pretty sure he went he because there was a Numidian cavalry force that chased down him and a bunch of officers uh, as they were going up the Trebia, they were just following the river down. Oh, so they north. went.
1: So they went up toward. They went back to Placentia or Placentia. Pl- plus, or what's it, what's the Placentia? Name? Placentia. Well, because the it's like the ten thousand Roman centered like center force ten thousand man center force kept pushing through the Carthaginians and just kept going straight on to Placentia, the uh, I think the closest fort of, it like fortified city. Town. Yeah, but if I as far as I understood it, Sopronius Longus. Escape back to, went back to Rome.
0: Yeah, but he went with his, uh, he went with his Roman legionaries up to Placentia, uh, and then he booked it back to Rome uh, to, you know, head off the bad news and make it seem like it wasn't... That makes sense. It ...wasn't too bad of a thing. Um, so, Sempronius Longus manages to escape back to Rome, where he attempted, like I said, just to convince the Senate that it was a def... not a defeat, per se, in battle, but the romans got disheartened because of the weather and uh crawling through the uh, river but
1: just, just merely a hiccup is what he was trying to say yeah, it was
0: he just he just tried making it seem like it was a hiccup and he was asking the senate to raise another legionary or another legion to uh go and attack hannibal again um but the senate was not they weren't fools Especially when uh, Sempronius Longus... He can't hide losses that big. (laughs) Yeah, when he shows up to Rome, he's missing like 25,000 men or something crazy like that.
1: Yeah, like 15,000 of which supposedly died, and the other 10,000 are still stuck in Placentia, where he left them to come running back down to Rome.
0: (laughs) So, the battle showed the inhabitants of northern Italy that the Romans could in fact be beaten in battle. And this was a fact not lost on many Celtic people who were not particularly pleased with being under the yoke of Rome or any of some of those northern Italian tribes that had, in Cisalpine Gaul that had just come into the Roman sphere within the
1: past 50 years. All those, like, small states up there. And also, there's always a couple, like, old-time states that have been part of Rome for a while, but they're always looking for ways to try to get away, like the Etruscans are up north up there, and they're always looking for some way to get off the Roman thumb. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And it was I mean, it's it's just overwhelming. It was this crushing victory. Not overwhelming, but it was a crushing victory from Hannibal um, that showed all these northern Italian allies that they didn't need to submit to Rome, and they decided to
1: Well, they could be beaten, you know, like just blunt in the water now.
0: Um, And so they started defecting away from the Roman yoke, and shake off, you know, the empiric, the the imperial ambitions of Rome. I, that's gonna uh, put it. And they decided to side with Hannibal, and this gave Hannibal the you know the sh- shot in the arm he needed, and he was able to kind of run roughshod over the Romans for the next ten years. Yeah,
1: they basically just. They could not seem to stop him because I think they followed what two, maybe three more battles against him.
0: Um, they get they get
1: more, but they get more famous as he wins more of them. So the next one, would, the next battle, Hannibal it's like Trasmeen, Trasmeen, and then Canny, uh, Canny, yeah. yeah. So and they get more and more famous as he goes through them. And, but it, it's kind of
0: sad though to listen to the whole story of Hannibal because after Canny, I mean, they get um, oh god, the consul oh. Um, um, Fabian Tactics. Fabian, uh, yep. Uh, Consul, his last name is Fabius, I forget his first name. But he decided that instead of engaging Hannibal for the next ten years, he would just kind of screen Hannibal, follow him close by, not let him, you know, take cities or siege out cities. And this is kind of how it goes for the next ten years. It falls into, like, almost a stalemate.
1: Oh, yeah. Basically, just, this guy decided the best way to fight Hannibal is to not fight Hannibal, because he's incredibly good at winning. <laughs> so
0: Hannibal's just... What happens in the end of the Second Punic War is Hannibal is pretty much caged up in southern Italy. Nobody will fight him. He can't draw the Romans into a set piece battle, and he's just kind of it's it just turns into a stalemate until
1: oh um um well basically, don't the Romans lead it like they they invade northern Africa eventually? Yeah,
0: um, something Africanus. Scipio right? Scipio Africanus. Yeah, yeah. He he goes and invades North Africa, lands in Tunisia somewhere, and then uh the Carthaginian Senate calls Hannibal back.
1: Yeah, cuz to... cuz Scipio basically makes it to Carthage and defeats a couple of armies on the way there and they yep. go, "Oh shit."
0: And it's at the Battle of Zama that uh Zama, Zama that um Scipio Africanus beats Hannibal in a set piece battle outside the Carth- uh, the walls of Carthage and um I mean, that's, that was it for Hannibal. He, that he ends lost. the war, basically. Yep, that ends the war. The Romans sack Carthage. They raised it to the ground. It's said that they salted the earth around it, and they actually forced all the inhabitants. Oh, no, that's the third Punic that's War. That's the third Punic
1: War, yeah. Oh, I'm jumping
0: ahead a couple of hundred
1: years. The second one, they, they say they just can't have an army or anything. yep, yep.
0: they take the entire Carthage. No, they burn the Carthaginian fleet. That's right. They burn it and uh hannibal winds up going into exile uh after
1: he ends up in eastern mediterranean somewhere just... he,
0: he winds up in uh macedon that's right helping uh king philip of macedon I, think. No, I
1: thought it was um it's um oh what's that guy's name it's uh it's not philip yet it's me, me- uh martin um starts with an m yeah they they, they 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 named the wars after him that they fought it, um I, I don't know Meneti- whatever anyway but he basically ends up just I think doesn't he commit suicide or should he just die he winds up committing suicide yeah. eventually in uh, poison Mithridates a- oh that's that's the
0: guy right I don't think it was Mithridates was it not Mith- there were like two I think Mithridates is a different I think he was the Pontic Kingdom he was part of the Pontic Kingdom I thought he was in Greece damn yeah.
1: well anyway he ends up as kind of like in a, some Greek king's household Saying like, "No, oh, I can still fight the Romans, but poor guy never gets the chance again. Yeah. So it's a sad ending for Hannibal.
0: He actually, you know, he's kind of a, it's, it's kind of a sad story, you know, reading all about his life and everything, you know, it was just one tragedy after another, and then his entire life goal is to destroy Rome and... He gets so uh, goddamn close. He gets really close. Because after
1: Cannae, there was no Roman legionaries he basically standing mar- between him and Rome. Yeah, he marches on Rome, I think. No, he doesn't. But he, doesn't actually, he doesn't actually take the... He, he like gets to a couple of miles and goes, I don't to lay siege to Rome. Yeah, he can't lay siege to it because,
0: you know, I mean, the Roman wall or the Palatine gate and everything, you you can't breach Rome at this point in time.
1: Not with, not with what Hannibal had, yeah.
0: No, it wasn't enough. But, yeah, so that's the conclusion of uh, the Battle of Trebia.
1: Yeah, with a little bit of a nice little rambling on there for, uh, for you guys, for us to listen to at the end of that. So. Yeah, just give a little
0: content. So, um, I guess, yeah, that's it. Well, hopefully we're, we're trying to be back tentatively this Friday. Uh, I'm going to be gone. I'll be in Utah, but Jackson will be here. And we were thinking of recording on
1: Thursday. We'll probably pre-record something that's released it Friday.
0: And then so that way there's some content out this
1: week, and
0: you know just getting getting some more on air time is I mean it's good for
1: us. It gets yeah. us out there. And and this the next topic's is gonna be it's it's dark. It's it, gonna be fun. It's brutal. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, go follow uh our Instagram page uh for the podcast. It's yesterday's underscore history four two seven one. Uh, you can go follow me on Instagram at Connor James. And you can go follow Jackson, uh, and his is Jackson underscore Langland. Um, I mean, I check that pretty consistently all the time. And yeah, any feedback anybody has for us to just you
1: know, oh, we're now on Spotify. So. Oh yeah, we're on Spotify. We're pretty much we're we're out there now. Yeah, it's um, not it's not a tricky way to find us anymore.
0: Yeah, so f- go follow us on Spotify. Maybe give us like a I, we we don't deserve five stars, but you know, give us. Give us something. It'd be nice. But we can be bought, so. Yeah, we, we can be bought, and we will try to buy you guys. I, I actually don't have those kind of funds.
1: No. But, so, we'll see you all next week. Yeah. Uh, stay safe out there and stay healthy. Right. Bye, everybody.